everyone, this is Brad. The following audio that we did in lecture number two of the Crone Zone is really bad. For some reason, we don't know why. So we will record it again, but this is just here for those that just can't wait. So we hope you enjoy. So if you're keen, you can listen to it now, and we'll probably transcribe this and come back later for a better audio copy. Thank you. We hope you enjoy. Blessings to you, our friends. We are the Ancestral Medicine Women, healing from the past for the present and the future. So welcome, mothers. We say it again. Thank you. And then he shouted as if there was uh, some bomb has gone off somewhere or something like that. It was very good. Oh, good, good. It was not your your. It was not your computer. It was actually Bradley. He was the one that was making the, the, the problem right. there. So everybody is back. That's good. So welcome everybody. Such lovely, so lovely to see you all. Such a lovely group. Uh, you know that obviously we are doing the Crown Zone. That's why you're here. It was advertised by Bradley, so you know that already. And uh, today we are doing, uh, looking, wanting to look at health. And for us, health is. Uh, Yes, of course, about, um, you know, the physical health, of course, uh, and we will look at that. But we also want to look at, if you like, the four, we, we look at humans, as many people do, as having four very distinct but complementary uh, and necessary attributes, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spirit. So for us, when we talk of health, we are talking very much of all of those uh, those four things, not just uh, in, in one way or the other. And as you are already probably all know, they uh, each one of those, uh, if it is unhealthy, will impact detrimentally or negatively on other aspects or the uh, other three aspects of your uh, existence. So for us, it's very important that the, that, that the four aspects are addressed. Of course, we can't uh, <clears throat> say that every day throughout your life, every minute, that all of those four things are going to be in, in, in sync, in, in alignment, and then, you know, so you'll go through your life as this perfectly healthy person. Of course, there are going to be um, every every day in your life you might have an emotional upset or a mental aberration, uh, maybe you burn your hand or something like that. So there are going to be all through your day, let alone your life, there are going to be uh, times when it's not all aligned, right? So that's another aspect of health, actually, where we would say these things are going to occur, but knows it. How you deal with that occurrence really tells you how healthy you are. Because let's say that um, you do have some emotional upset in the day. Maybe your day has been going very well and everything seems to be in alignment. You have an emotional upset and you really take that, really take it to heart. Of course, that's where we're going to say the emotions are. You really take that to heart. And you 
um, dwell on it, allow it to brew and what have you. And of course, that is the, if you like, the, um, the catalyst for all of the other unhealthy problems that go on with the physical, mental and the spiritual. So it's, we, we want to really look at that idea that it's how you deal with, uh, the upsets, uh, the burnt finger or, or what have you in your life that impacts so if it's an emotional thing, it's going to, we know it's going to impact the other things. If you allow it to dwell, if you allow it to become something, right? If you can't look at it and see the reality of that, what was that situation really? You understand, what they really having a go at me? Do they have a problem? And so on and so forth. And uh, because lots of people, you know, they dwell on certain things and it causes all of these other problems in their life. So that's also what we want to look at with uh, health as the overall thing. So first of all, we're going to look at the physical health. Let's start. We're going to say start at the bottom, but we don't really mean that. You just start at the basics, at the beginning. So physically, uh, already we know that if you have emotional problem, it's going to impact. So we're just going to look at uh, how you can physically uh, look after yourself, become healthy, or be remain healthy, or whatever you want. And there are many things, of course. Uh, food, right? That's, that's an important thing. And what you might find when you have moved from, uh, into the crown zone, right? In that period, maybe after your, after the menopause, during the menopause even, uh, but you've really moved into this new era of your life. We find, we have found that a lot of humans, men and women, uh, find themselves that they cannot tolerate certain foods anymore. It might be that they could, in their youth, eat anything. They had no allergies, they were, um, or if they did have allergies or um, intolerances, it really didn't affect them. It didn't worry them so much. Uh, they could eat the sugar and the, the fried foods and whatever. Then you get into this period of your life, and it's as if the body has become more or super sensitive, super sensitive to the smallest thing where before you it might have been something that you loved and now you can't even put it in your mouth. And if you do put it in your mouth, you have to get it out of your body. You just can't swallow it, right? So we found with ourselves and with lots of people that we have met that there is this the body is changing to a point where it requires more, um, we wouldn't say simple foods, but perhaps we would say more uh, pure foods. So in other words, um, we would say that, yes, that's, that's the, the, the thing, right? Not processed, but... There are also people that find that they get to this age and all of a sudden they can't tolerate milk or they can't tolerate eggs or they can't tolerate seafood uh, or meat. They can only have a little bit, right? So it's not so much the process, the processed foods, which, yes, they find an impact. We would suggest to anybody just to stay as far away as you can. But in this age, it's more... That there, it's the complexity. That's what it is. It's the complexity of what you're putting in. So when you look at 
uh, meat, for example, red meat, any kind of meat, there is a very, it's very complex in its makeup. And to digest that, to bring it into the body and to digest it, it takes uh, a lot of complexity within the body, right? So that's really what we're talking about, it's the complexity of the foods. So we find that often people, can, they find that they can't eat these foods anymore because there is a complexity about them. Now, that complexity can arise from several different things. You'll note that the things that we just spoke of all come from an animal, right? Dairy, uh, egg, meat, fish, seafoods. They all come from something that was living, not like a plant living, but that next level, if you like, of living. And so the complexity arises from the actual physical makeup of those uh, creatures and what they produce. But the complexity also arises with the um, farming, harvesting, whatever, however you want to look at how you get that product to you, right? Not just that, what they're fed, how they live. Now, these might all seem like, um, what do they call those things, like um, green environmental issues. And they are, of course. But what we have found, as we've said, that as people get older and they move into this crown zone time, that those complexities might be there and they might not even be aware. It might not be something that they even worry about. But those complexities are compounding and their body cannot cope with that kind of complexity anymore. It needs the, the food, the, um, the beverages, whatever is coming into the body to have a level of purity. Why? Because you're the body that has moved into the zone, if you like, uh, is reaching its own level of purity. What is the level of purity? Death is the level of purity, right? Death is purity. When you think about it, it sounds messy. It, uh, you know, it, it's like an ending, but it's actually a pure position because everybody's the same in death. It's a pure position. So, yes, you're on the home run to that, right? In this period. But what happens is that the body no longer has to, for especially for women, the body no longer has to produce uh, for others, by that I mean having children, uh, feeding, all of these types of things. They don't have to produce for that. They've moved out of that space. For men, what we discussed last week, for men it's a little bit, it's much more subtle, but it still occurs. They move into a different state of, of being where, again, they don't have to produce as much. Uh, of course, it's, it's outward, right? Because for women, remember, if you've been to any of our shamanic talks, uh, we talk of the feminine energy is very inward, masculine energy is very outward because of, in the terms of activities, uh, in the terms of the way that uh, men and women tend to deal with things, but also in the, the terms of the reproductive organ, right? Men outward, women inward. So there is this, uh, for men, it, uh, it's, this time of their life appears as an outward thing, right? They don't have to produce as much to provide for this group, 
for community, not just for their family, for their society. There's not as much uh, expected, although that is changing in some countries. It's a lot more expected, right? So that will be interesting to see how that works out for everybody. But there is this movement from a lot of activity, right? The body has to be very active. It has to uh, produce a lot. It has to be really on fire to this time where that level of physical activity is not required. And by that we are talking for women internally, as in hormonal reproduction, etc. And for men we are talking about that outward, outwardness of them. So that means that the body comes into sync with that. And it, it, has a, it has a realization, if you like, that there is not as much activity required. Well, if there's not as much activity required, then you have to be very careful with what you put in. And a lot of people uh, make the comment, if you like, um, that as they get older, that their digestion is not as strong or it's not as active. They can't eat as much because the body can't cope with it. That's exactly what we're saying, right? So you put, then you have to start to watch what you put into the body. So you want to put more pure things. And in that way, we suppose we are really saying simple foods. Yes, of course, you know, if you are a meat eater and you eat dairy and it's continue to eat them. But you have, if you can cut that, the amount down, and naturally, actually, you probably are finding you can't eat that amount of, of the, that product that you used to eat. But you cut that down and you fill it up with more simple uh, foods. Grain is another thing that's very complex. It's very complex, especially the, uh, like, we want to go like that spongy grain, which is like wheat and barley. Those are sort of, they're, they're dense. You know, there's a density about that. Very complex. So if you want to have grains, start to look at things that have a, uh, are more uh, simple in their... Um, so like rice, yeah? Uh, yes, but even then we would say make sure that you cook it very much to break it down, right. right? Because what you want is you want the food that you eat. It sounds like we are in a nursing home, right? You want it to be like porridge, but it's not. But it actually has to be to a point where it's quite broken down. The, like the... Um, like rolled oats. Sort of well, but uh, the Chinese, they have that congee. Right, yeah. they cook and cook, and they break it down. It's very gentle on the body, but they still get the nutrient because it's cooked in it. Right, it's it's not poured away; it's cooked in it. So it's all in there, but it's very broken down. And so it's foods. So grain, you have to be also careful of, not to have a, a lot of grain. But if you're going to have grain, look at things like well, some things that are not grain but are used as grain are uh, <coughs> quinoa. Buckwheat. Buckwheat. Amaranth. Right? These sorts of things where you can, they are very soft. They are very simple. Their construction is simple. Right? And so it's very easy for the body to, to, to absorb, to digest, and it's not causing extra stress on the body. When you look at people who, uh, drink, smoke, eat, uh, lots of what can we say, bad food, let's say that, right? Fast foods, processed foods, lots of meats on the barbecues and things like that. When you look at them, 
throughout their, as they get older, you can actually see the body start to seize. It's like it can't, unless they're doing a lot of exercise, but even so, if they're, a lot, if they're drinking and smoking, they can't do a lot of exercise. But you can see it's actually, you can, if you look at their skin, it's like it starts to hang, yeah. right? And the, everything is just, it, it's as if they can't, can't move. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the type of foods that you eat, very important at this time. And we would suggest to people, just look at your diet and eat normally. Eat exactly what you're eating. And then just start to tune in. Oh, I, I'm feeling a bit bloated. What did I have? Uh, when did I last eat? And what did I have? I had a piece of, I had a pear. Maybe, right? Because the pear, the sugars in the pear might be working with yeasts that are already in the stomach, which, uh, so perhaps we have to look at that's another angle altogether. But we would just start to say to people, try to include more simple foods in your life. Fruit, uh, vegetables. Root vegetables are not what we would call simple, right? There's that density about them. It's, it's more fibrous. So you're looking at other vegetables and, um, we call them grains, but they're not like the quinoa, the buckwheat, etc. Introduce that into your life. Beans as well. Um, we would say with beans as well to be a little bit, um, eat them, beans and lentils and, you know, that sort of thing. Eat them, but again, not Huge amounts. Don't base your diet on that, right, for your protein. So, uh, but you can, because they as well can be quite complex in the body and quite hard for the body. So what we're trying to say is when, with the food and the drinks that you eat, you're trying to have a level of purity with the food that comes in. And what we mean by purity is simplicity, not all this complexity of uh, all those things that we said, the meat, the beans, the grains, etc. The other thing with the physical and we cannot stress this enough, is to keep moving. Keep that body moving. Whether you walk, whether you go to exercise classes, whether you just, in your uh, house, you put some music on and you just march for however long you can, or uh, you, you dance or you swim, Whatever it is, keep moving. And it's actually, we would say, more important in this part of your life to do it every single day. To move every single day. To get up and to make a conscious effort to move. Whether you walk, as we said, whatever it is, but move. And because at this time of life, everything wants to because remember we said when you are in that reproductive time, men and women, uh, or productive time, you have uh, the body is really on fire, right? For most people, it's really active, it's really working, it's got lots to do. When you reach this time, the body is like, oh, thank goodness, hallelujah, we can relax. And it will really start, it will be <coughs> over years, <coughs> but it will really start to slow. Slow, 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 to almost a stop, right? So you have to encourage that the, the inside of your being, the cells, uh, the oxygen, the blood, the, the hormones that are there, to really keep going. Let's keep going, people, right? 
And so that's so important. Probably we would say, uh, if you can't deal with the diet, you just want to stay that, do that. But move. That's just so important to keep that movement of the body going. And it's a conscious movement. It's not just, um, uh, you know, you go on a walk and or you walk to the shops or whatever, but consciously knowing I'm walking to the shops because I'm keeping my body moving. You might just want to garden, right? Or uh, clean the house every day, right? Because it's with the vacuuming and the mopping and the dusting. There's a real movement of the body. You don't have to exercise as such, but we would just just really keep that body moving. Make it, uh, make it your instrument, right? Because it is your instrument, but keep it going. Keep it lubricated. Keep it, uh, yes, keep it active. So that's the physical, the physical being. Now the emotional being we want to talk about next. The emotional being is very interesting because for most, uh, Westerners and even not just Westerners but many human cultures, it's not considered appropriate to express your emotions, right? To just Blurt it out. Uh, imagine you are in the shopping center and somebody, you know, treads on your toe and you turn around and you scream at them like that. And then you cry because they've broken your toe. Imagine. People would think you were crazy. They would all leave you alone like that, right? So it's, uh, it's not part of the culture to, to express yourself. Unfortunately though, and that starts from a young age, right? From a very young age, oh, stop crying, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you know, all of this type of thing. Eat your food, and then, don't cry, because you know all this, all of these types of things. So, from a very young age, everybody, many human cultures, in many human cultures, humans are taught not to really express your emotions in public. Well, when you can't express them in public, it becomes harder and harder to even express them to your loved ones, uh, to yourself. Even to yourself. So, but we see that, and you probably all see that as well in, in different things that you do in your life, that that actually really affects people's, the health of people's life. <clears throat> whether it affects them physically, whether they get mentally unwell, uh, whether they then lack, um, a faith in, in anything, and so that's, that we would call that sort of like a spiritual thing because of their, their emotions, right? They're cut off. So we would suggest to everybody who is, uh, everybody, everybody, not just in the crown zone, to really understand your emotions, why you are triggered, how you are triggered, um, who triggers you, what are the triggers, and uh, how do you react? How does that make you feel? All of these types of things. We would say that with everybody. But when you get into this period of your life, because you don't, you know, it's getting on to that point where you don't have to worry about um, the day-to-day bringing up of children and, you know, all of that type of thing, caring for people, etc. And you've got a little bit more space, if you like. We would really suggest people to start to get to know yourself through your emotions. And there are lots of different ways that you can do that. You can do it uh, just yourself if you have, 
you know, maybe somebody upsets you and you walk away from that and you say, why did that, and you know, you are, why did that upset me? Why did I react in that way? Because such and such did that to me the other day and I didn't have any reaction. Am I reacting now actually to what they did and not to, to that, but I took it out on that person? Why would I do that? So you can do it yourself. It's quite a... <coughs> It's quite a, an enlightening process, but often people get to a point where they can't go any further, right? There is a real block there and they can't, they know that they haven't really gone all the way, but they can't get to that point. So then you can go and look for whatever, uh, suits you. So for example, you might go to, some people go to clairvoyance, some people go to tarot card readers, some people go to Reiki, um, mind-body constellations, uh, some people come to people like us, right? Uh, some people, they just want to go, you know, they want, they, it's a physical thing for them, so they have to puncture, they might do chiropractic, whatever. But we would, counselor, we forgot the biggie, counselor, right? Where you can go and express, even group, um, group sessions, you know, there are, sometimes you can find there are group, Therapy, perhaps you say that sessions about exactly this. Often it's aimed at something particular, like depression, anger management, anxiety, something. But you know, you can join these groups. Maybe you find something about yourself. The only thing that we would say, we are not um, criticizing groups at all. But the only thing that we would say is that if you are already feeling um, unsure of yourself emotionally. And then you go to a group and everybody there has got anxiety problems or depression problems or what have you, and they all express it. It can actually have the effect of um, snowballing, right? And so you start to feel their pain and agony and, and then it becomes your pain and agony and it becomes uh, bigger. So that's the only thing that we would say with group sessions. You have to be very careful about about the session that you don't take on, you don't become, you know, get in, into that energy and become all of that as well. So there are many ways to deal with your emotions, but we would really, and we say it to people at any age, uh, as we have said, that to to not, we don't use that word deal with your emotions. You can't deal with your emotions because if you deal with your emotions, you're not going to have any emotions, right? But the emotions are a very important part the physiological uh, survival mechanism, if you like, of the human. You need to get angry. You need to feel fear. You need to feel love. You need, because that's how, uh, if you like, the organism understands things like um, pain. You hurt your finger. You know, like the burn. It's how it understands it. It's how it, it's how it understands there is danger around. I have to get out of here. Or I've got to, right? It's very important to really, to have emotions. Extremely important. So we wouldn't say deal with them, but we would say know them. Know your emotions. As we said before, what makes me tick? Why do I behave in that way when that particular thing happens? And I don't even like that, but I do it. And I do it and I do it and I do it. Why do I do that? What makes it happen for me? And there is uh, anybody who's done any um, psychology, and of course we are getting this from Caroline now, there is uh, uh, Alfred Adler, 
one thing that he was very successful with in his therapy modality, his um, perspective, was that let's say you pick some situation in your life that's an emotional situation that's really becoming something that bothers you, or just anything that bothers you. And you have that in your mind, right? And let's say you always fight with your sister. Always fight. You don't like it, and it's always mean and nasty, and you don't like that. So you have that in your life. So then you, you keep that, that thing, right? It's there. And then you go back and you go back to the first memory that you can think of. The very first thing that you can think of that caused an emo, and, and look at that whole thing that caused, it caused an emotional upheaval or an emotional situation with you. And look at that and go back and back and back. Because remember, you've got this thing here that you're really, that's what you're really working on. But you're going back and back and back to find that first memory. And what happens is the first memory, it actually is aligned to this. Because you've got that there, you're not picking up your first memory where um, somebody picked you up and said, oh, coochie, coochie, goo, right? You're not picking that memory. You're actually picking up the memory that is related to that that situation, right? And you're going back to that. And you'll, you go back to that memory and you look at that and think, oh, all right. When that person said that to me, whatever, 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 that's what, and that's how I feel now. So then you have a beginning and an end, right? You've got how it began and how it's manifesting now. And then you can actually go through that and look at all of the things that are linking like a chain up to this situation here which you really don't want anymore in your life, right? And so it's very, it's a very interesting process. Very effective. It's extremely effective because you actually go back to that point because a lot of people, when they get into situations like we've just described, they blame the sister, they blame themselves, they blame the mother, the father, the situation, whatever. But when they actually go back to, to that first, very first memory they can ever remember that is obviously linked to this, something else entirely could have happened. Entirely different, right? Could have happened. Or it was a real realization, oh, that was such and such, uh, putting that thought into my head. And it was their thought. It wasn't even my thought. And yet that has carried me all through my life. I'm now 65. And it's still there, right? And you can, you can sort of really see that this is, this situation between the sister and you, it's got nothing to do with the sister and you. It's got to do with this that has then chained up, chained up. So it's a very effective process. So that's something else that you can do with your emotions. But we would really suggest to people, if you want to have a healthy life, you've got to have healthy emotions. And healthy emotions, some people say, oh, healthy emotions are the positive emotions. Absolute rubbish. A healthy emotion is an emotion that you understand about yourself. An emotion, a healthy emotion is an emotion that you, that you know why you do that emotion. That why you're responding in this way. That why it is affecting you. That's healthy emotions, right? Not the positive ones only. Because what happens is you can turn that, uh, the, what makes it a healthy emotion is by being able to see what there is, really see it, why you're doing this, how it's happening, etc. And from that, then, if you like, you can turn, you turn it into one of the positive emotions, right? Or you turn that situation 
into a situation that you grow from, that you learn from, which then becomes a positive experience. And therefore, that emotion might have been anger, whatever, but you can see that it's, had, it's you know, in the negative section, but through the process becomes the positive section, right? So, to have a healthy being, you have to, we really see that you have to have healthy emotions. And in this time of life, you actually have a little bit more of the space to do that, right? The other thing is that, remember we said that the body is internally, it's slowing down, right? It's slowing down because it doesn't have that race on to produce. So it's slowing down. If you let the emotions, if you have an unhealthy relationship with your emotions, it's going to like become a vice on your physical body, right? Because you are not allowing the physical, you can exercise all you want, exercise 24 hours a day, but if your emotions are like this gripping you, the body is going to start to go like this. The arthritis is going to set in. The, the back's going to go out. The migraines are going to occur. The, the hips are going to seize up. The sciatic nerve is going to activate and you can't walk. So all of these things are going to occur if you do not release those, you know, and have healthy emotions. It's incredibly important at this time of life to really live through that emotion, really understand yourself and really get to know yourself. And if you've got children, whatever age group, <coughs> that are not in the Crohn zone now, start to speak to them in this way. Because if they can um, deal with that emotion, their emotional selves, before they get to the crown zone, then they're not going to have to have extra work, right? Because they've already dealt with that. So they're already going to have a healthy relationship with their emotions. So that's just something that you might like to pass on. Now we look at the, the mental aspect. When you are uh, in the productive period of your life, you have a lot going on in your mind. Not just because you might be working, you might have to look after children, um, and uh, there are lots of things to buy, there is the house to get, the car to pay off, the holidays to have, and this and that. There is a lot of things constantly going on in the mind. So the mind is, is, is always going, what did they say, that's 10 to the dozen? Or 12, something like that, right? That doesn't sound right. But anyway, it's always moving, right? It's, it's really activated. And, uh, but when you get into this time of life in the crown zone, remember everything is slowing down. Everything is slowing down. Because it can, because it's got time, because it doesn't need that rush anymore, all of these things. So the brain, the mind, if you like, the mental processes, will also do that <clears throat> if you don't keep them active. So again, it's very important to keep that, <clears throat> that hold, all of those processes active. The other thing with that is that the mind uh, is very closely aligned with the emotions. When we talk about that, we mean a healthy mind, right? A healthy mind is very, or the health of the mind, is very closely linked with the emotions. So if the mind is, and even when you look at um, biologic, the depression, some depressions, occur because the chemical construction is not working properly in the mind, so then you get depressed, right? So then the emotions 
uh, depressed as well. So when we are talking about a healthy mind, we are not just, you know, being active and filling it with knowledge and things like that, but it's about processing. It's very important to be able to process. And as we say, when remember when we talked about the, the emotions, it was really a link here. What am I, why do I do that? So it's really the mind, that link in the mind to keep those emotions uh, real and buoyant and uh, having uh, a good relationship, like a positive relationship with them. The mind is very much involved in that. So with the mind, and when you think about it like that, very much with what you put into your body. If you fill your body with um, alcohol, with drugs, with um, food that is causing you to have um, reactions, then the, the mind is going to also be affected by that, right? So you can see now we are building the picture. Putting purer foods into your body allows for the mind to to work at its capacity, right? Or perhaps not it's at its capacity. That's not right because the mind, but at its optimum, that's it. It allows the mind to work at its optimum, right? And then you've got the emo minds working with the emotions here. Right, so you've got it's all so connected. How people can't see it in the general public is just uh, actually blows our mind, right? But you can see now. So the the mental processes are really reliant on what you put into the body. The emotions are reliant on what's going on with the mental processes. So you can see it's very important that all of that's working together. So with the mental processes. We would suggest to people that when you get into this crown zone to, uh, to be, to endeavor to, uh, keep those processes going. How are you going to do that? Well, you can go and you can study something. You could read every book under the sun. You could have a goal for yourself that I want to do this, that. You could travel. You could, um, become, you know, an artist, paint, sculpt, whatever. But whatever you do, it's very important that it's in line with, with not, not just what you want to do, but it's in line with how you want to express your existence, right? Because remember, as you've been growing up, you've had to conform to the school, conform to the society, conform to an education that somebody says, oh, this is what you're good at, that's what you should do. You've had to conform to your relationship, uh, a marriage perhaps. You've had to conform to having children. There's all of these um, conditions have been placed upon you, right? Then you get to this stage, and yes, of course, those conditions are, are still there. We're not saying that they disappear, poof, like that magical, they disappear. They're still there. But you have a, a kind of freedom. There's an element of freedom now because you don't have all of that other stuff over here that can't see. All of that other stuff going on over here that was really keeping you in that spot. There is a difference, right? There is a, a sort of a freedom. And this is a time in your life when you can look at what or how you really want to express yourself, right? How do you really want to feel in the world? How do you want to know the world? How do you want to be physically in the world? 
right? So it's very important at this time to spend some time, mental processes, really looking at what you've done and, you know, where that's got you, what you've gained out of that, what you could have done differently perhaps, not to dwell, there's no dwelling, and then you look at that, you bring all of that together in this picture and say, okay, now, how can I live my life where I feel productive? Because remember, we're saying there is this inner productiveness, right, that is no longer required. Now we're moving into this other space where you can be, um, well, that inner productiveness is um, in a way out of your control. It just happens. But then there is this, now we're in this other space of time where productiveness is in your control, right? How do I want to be productive? How do I want to present to the world? How do I want to be part of the world? What do I want to create? What do I want to, how do I want to be in this world and be really, um, not just um, perhaps important to other people, but to be important to myself, right? How do I want to do that? And so it's a very, you know, this, that is all going around in the mental processes, right? And once you hit on something that you'd like to, maybe you have a hundred things that you want to do. Just choose one to start with, right? Don't look at those hundred things and think, oh, well, I'd like to do that, and then you can't do anything. Just choose one. doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you want to become an artist, right? And you go to the art classes, and you are absolutely appalling. I mean, you can't put even a stem on a flower without it looking just like a straight line, right? So that's not for you, but it it gave you something, right? That that freedom, that that ability to to put yourself to actually have you onto that that canvas, for example. And what did you get? You got a straight line for a stem, and it's disappointing, right? So you think, is that what I am? Is that what I am? And then you say, okay, no, how can I develop that? So this time of life is really about looking at aspects of yourself and then developing on that, right? Not just saying, that's what I am. I'm a straight line person for a, for a stem. That's it. There's nothing, there's no beauty in that. There's no um, expression in that. There's no creativity. So no, okay, that's that's that part of me which is a straight line, but this, I know there's more there. I'm not, I'm not a straight line. So there is this space and the scope for development, right? For expansion and development. And there is this time is so interesting because there is sort of an expectation uh, where that is acceptable, right? It's acceptable. And so use that, use that, right? Really exploit that idea that it's acceptable now to, to be that person, to be um, uh, this being that I always knew that I was, but I just didn't know how to get out of it. Well, you've got to start with the art class with the straight line as the stem to, to get it out of you, right? You've got to start somewhere. So this this time, and of course, you can just see what we, as we're saying that we are smiling, right? Because we are, our emotions are like this, right? Because we have this possibility, right? And now we can feel our bodies, well, Caroline's body, it's just activated, right? Because there is this possibility. So you can see it's all working together. And so it's really important for this time of your life to keep those mental processes really energized. Not just active, but energized. And as we said, it might be that you want to go to your library 
and read every book in there. You want to start at A, and you're going to go all the way through, right? Or, it, as you said, it might be that you want to learn to ride a horse, or you want to just travel the world with the backpack. Whatever it is, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what it is, but keep that mind energized. And the reason, one of the reasons that we say that is that when you have the, you can see where we, how we just were. We were very excited, right? When you have that uh, energizing going on, you have this, um, it creates, if you like, an element of wonderment, right? An element of wonderment. So what happens is that is expanding in itself. So you don't just, um, uh, you know, go traveling and you go to all of when you go traveling and you go to, let's say, you go to some place that has lots of shops and you just go to all of the shops, right? And you do all of your shopping, right? But you actually uh, go on the public transport and it's a different experience to come. This is so exciting, right? It's a different experience on the public transport. It's so different. Or, um, you know, everything that you look at, you see with a different, with this wonderment because you're going there uh, not to relax, not to get away from everything, but you're going there to expand. Right? You're traveling to expand. Not just to show the children uh, Disneyland or to tell everybody that you took the whole family to um, some fantastic place and that, but you're going there to expand, right? And so <clears throat> it's it's very much about it's this idea of the mental processes and really keeping them energized. It's about yes, expressing yourself how you want to express in this world. It's about um, perhaps if you like being true to yourself, giving yourself something, something that's important to you, making yourself important to to yourself, not just to the the outer world. But it's also so much about all of those things combining to give you the wonderment, and that leads us very nicely onto the spiritual aspect, right? Because when you have wonderment, it's not like that. It's not like that. And you look up and you see the world for all of its beauty, even the terrible things, right? There is even, I'm not saying there's beauty in terrible things, but sometimes there is a terrible beauty, right? A terrible beauty. And you look at these things and, you know, okay, maybe you go to somewhere like um, Dachau, in, uh, where the, the concentration camp was, right? Not beautiful. Not. Absolutely not. What is beautiful is that the monuments they have put up to honor what went on, the people that go and sob and feel, not any, not Jewish, not German, not related in any way to the situation, years gone by, their parents were not in the war, there was nothing there, that go there and feel the anguish, the sadness, the, the atrocity, the horrific, the, the horrific, horrific, horrifics that went on. And you look at those humans and you think, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Because these humans together, 
are united together at this moment. All of us. I don't know this person, but I'm united with that person. Right? In this moment. Here. And that's the wonderment, right? That's, and that's a spiritual connection. You'll never see that person again. You don't have anything to do with them again. It doesn't matter. At that moment, you were united. And that's the, you know, that spiritual aspect. Really, uh, meeting the world with this feeling of being, of that, there is a possibility of unity, right? Not everybody uh, you're not going to be in union with everybody all of the time, but there is this absolute possibility of unity. And so, but that needs nourishing, right? That needs nourishing. Because you need to be, uh, it needs to be, what is it like, topped up, right? That spiritual aspect of yourself needs to be topped up. Whether you meet with people in your, you have people over to your house, and you have a prayer meeting. Maybe you pray to the Christian God. Uh, you pray to the universal energy. Doesn't matter. But to have that uh, group together, right in your home, that's nourishing. That's expanding together this energy of of the spirit, right? And everybody will go away feeling fantastic. They will feel just so wonderful. Maybe you join a choir, right? Not nobody there. It's not a church choir. You just join a choir. But what happens is, as people's voices are lifted together in unison, it actually creates like a spirit. It creates a spiritual aspect. Nobody that leaves uh, a, a singing group like that walks out like that. Everybody walks out with the step, with the step in the what is that like on the the tiptoe steps, and they feel like this, right? Everybody feels that, and so it's it's like, um, and even if we talk about Dachau, when they go, everybody could be very depressed, they're very upset, and feel it. But when they go away, they feel something else. They might still feel the heaviness of what went on there, but they feel that unity. They feel a togetherness. They feel that there is something more than that. Right? And so that's about nourishing the spirit. So that's another uh, aspect in this time, is finding how you can nourish your spirit and making that making it yours. Right? So when you are, especially if you have family, You'll find very often that your your spirit is split between each child, uh, maybe the parents and maybe the husband or the wife, and it's all over the place, right? So it's very fragmented, and it's very difficult to keep that keep yourself whole. When you get to this period of life, you can keep yourself whole, and we this human race needs those needs people like you, right? Because you ground the human race, right? You ground it. Because you can, you, that spirit is whole within you. Of course, you're going to, to give it to the grandchildren and what have you. Not going to keep it all for yourself like that. But it ground, if, 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 if somebody in this stage of life, this crowns on stage of life, if they can really understand and have that spirit whole, right, within them, that's a really grounding thing for all of humanity. When you think about, um, if you look in cities, especially wealthy Western cities, where there's 
lots of shops, people are working, people are trying to buy their houses and there's lots of things to buy and lots of activities for the children to do. The energy is like this. It's like a train that's lost control, right? It's like this. It's crazy. And if you imagine that the whole of the human race was like that, this planet would have exploded a long time ago, right? Because that energy is like that. It's actually tangible. It's good like that. You can see, see how we are making the, it's like the, the aura of the hands, like that, right? That's what it's like in, in, in places like that. So if you, if everybody was like that, then not only would humans be very mentally unwell, emotionally unstable, physically un, physically decimated, but, uh, it, the, the world itself that we currently know, this planet, could not survive under that amount of energy. So we need, in this human race, people who are not in that zone, have moved into, let's say, the crown zone, who have this whole spirit, right, can really keep it whole, can share it when they are in, uh, in unity, but it's very much theirs. They have very grounded. We need those people to, if you like, ground everybody else. So all of these people can be the train wreck, can be the train out of control running, but there is this other group that are keeping everybody strong. So the crown zone, this age, this time, is such an important uh, attribute, such an important part of human existence. It is underrated because they can't work uh, as much anymore. They look older. They have wrinkles. Um, they wear clothes that are not, you know, fashionable and what have you. So there is this, they're not, they, the crowns are not fashionable, right? But in some ways, that's good. Because as soon as something becomes fashionable, then you get the fad. Right? You have the fads. And you don't want this time of life to become faddish. Because if it becomes faddish, then it takes away from the essence of it. It makes it like the train wrecks over here. Because there's lots of fads, lots of trends, lots of fashions going on over here causing all of this. We don't want that in the crown zone. We want complete uh, knowing, right? Complete confidence in the being. Complete um, spirit, if you like. So it's very important that that zone. So we want it to be under the radar. We don't want it to be advertised to the world that this is the new black. We just want it to be quite, uh, to be there, right? And to be grounded. So that's the four attributes. Very quickly, we just look at what we said at the very beginning, that health for in this time of life, is reliant, optimum health is reliant on all of those four attributes being in alignment. Of course, it's not possible to have that all of the time. But again, it's, what is important is how you deal with when they're not, when one aspect is not in alignment. If you go into that and really put all of your energy into that aspect that has gone out of alignment, then you are going to become unhealthy in all of the other parts. But you can, if you spend some little time there and then, you know, expand 
explore what that was, why that happened, why I behaved like that, uh, what was my thought there, whatever, and bring it slowly to come back into alignment with the other. All four would be in alignment again. So this idea of being healthy, yes, is the four individual aspects, but the real uh, idea of being healthy is that they are in alignment and then an extension of that is that we know it's not possible to remain in that alignment all of the time. How are you going to deal with it when you're not in alignment? And, you know, that's a very mature, some people might say dispassionate, clinical view of, of existence. And sometimes you are going to fall into an aspect, maybe um, an emotional aspect, where you really fall into it and, and really, you know, uh, dwell there for a while. That's fine, as long as you have enough within you to bring it back, right? To not just live there, but actually to bring it back. There are lots of things that you can do. If you are somebody who is a dweller, right, or when you're caught off guard, it, it really is very distracting for you. Uh, you know, one thing, and it's very uh, basic, and it's, it sounds quite um, ridiculous, really, but it's to have a list of basic things, like when I am feeling like if something like that happens, what am I going to eat? So make sure you have a list of foods that you're just going to fill your body with purity because what happens is when you get out of alignment, as we said, everything else starts to break down. So you start to eat foods that are bad for you. You start to think thoughts that are not not helpful to you. You start to lose faith and close off in your, in your spiritual world. So you have a list. My go-to list, what can I eat? So you don't have to think about it. You just make sure that you put the, those pure things in your body. If it's um, uh, you know, an emotional thing, you go to the counselor, whatever. If it, uh, and then you, know, you keep those mental processes going. You make sure you go to an art class or you go uh, to a music concert or you read a book that's whatever, something that inspires you. And with the spiritual aspect, you make sure that you, you uh, I go to choir or I go to some friends and we have um, some talking or, or whatever so that it's very, so that you actually have like a, what is it, like a um, first aid uh, kit. It's the, it's the Crown Zone first aid kit, right? And you have it there so you can go there and so that if you're really dwelling and you're delving into something that has upset you and you know everything else is going to go out of kilter. You go to the Crohn's Zone first aid kit and you bring it back into your life so that that thing can still, you can still dwell on it but you're really supporting the other aspects so that you can dwell on that but you're not going to bring everybody, you're not going to bring the whole tower tumbling down, you're just going to have part of the tower down and those things are going to remain strong so that that can come up to that. So, that's, uh, that's health in the crown zone. We hope that you've enjoyed that. We've enjoyed very much talking about it and we're very keen now we've, we have um, developed the crown zone first aid kit. We think that we should make that. We will make that. That's a really good, we like it very much. It's very, um, oh, but then it will be like a fad. Maybe we won't. But anyway, thank you all so much for, for listening to us. 
Blessings to you, our friends. We are the Ancestral Medicine Women, healing from the past, for the present and the future.